Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. Today's episode has been sponsored by Sugarwish. Sugarwish is an online gifting site that provides a delightful gift experience followed by delicious treats. They get to choose delivered directly to their door. Here's how it works. A sugar wish can be sent to anybody. So if you're the recipient, you open up an email and it says, someone has sent you a sugar wish and you open it up, you click and it says, pick any four of these delicious candies um, to fill your basket. So you get to look through everything from gummy worms and M&Ms and Skittles and jelly beans and everything. Um, and you click and then check out and it's sent to you in this beautiful box with all these candies inside and a ribbon. And it's just beautifully packaged and sent right to your door. And so somebody, basically, you get to customize your own gift. And it's really awesome. And I did this. And I sent some to my son at boarding school. And we got some here for Halloween. And I highly, highly recommend uh, this company. Um, definitely go check it out, sugarwish.com. Megan Harlan is a literary nonfiction writer and poet. She is the author of Mobile Home, a Memoir in Essays, which was the winner of the 2019 AWP Prize for Creative Nonfiction and came out from University of Georgia Press in September. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Hi, Zibby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, yay. Your work, Mobile Home. Can you please tell listeners what this is about and what inspired you to write it? 
So Mobile Home is a memoir and essays about how I moved 17 different times across four continents when I was growing up. And it really explores how our homes and our places shape who we are. So the types of homes that I lived in really spanned the gamut. (laughs) At one point, I was living in a very posh flat in London and Kensington. And I also lived in several different really normal suburban houses in California and Texas. So your McMansions and your ranch houses, that sort of thing. But I also lived in three trailers. One was located in Saudi Arabia. One was in a jungle in Colombia. And the first one was in Alaska, not too far from the Arctic Circle. So because of all this moving, it gave me a different relationship with place, I think, than probably most kids <laughs> tend to have. I would say so. I mean, how could it yeah. not? That's a, that's a perspective that child or adult, most people have not been able to have. I mean, that is a huge geographic and structural variety that you have there. So, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So there are like so many things to tease out. Like one is the effect of frequent moving and one is the actual environments into which you moved. So break it down for me a little bit. When you were moving so much, Uh what do you think that did to you as like personality (laughs) and and all the rest of it? And then we can go to like what those places were like. Right. Um, Yeah, I do think on the positive side, I think it gave me a sense of ease with cultures across the world, a real curiosity and Yeah, just a desire to learn more about the world. But socially, as a kid, I think it was actually really difficult. And this was something, it's funny, I didn't really... I didn't really see it until I became a mother myself. I had always sort of believed that my childhood was, you know, this great adventure and and it was in a lot of ways, but I don't think I ever really had the perspective of what like a child who's growing up actually needs from their home, which is a sense of rootedness and really structure. I think, you know, kids, if you've ever, of course, taken a child on vacation somewhere, you know, if you're in Paris, you want to see the Eiffel Tower and they want to get ice cream. You know, their perspective on a place is just completely different from what, you know, any adult would have. And so, that is why I haven't taken my kids to Paris. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit wasted until they're at yes, a certain wasted point. Wasted on the Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, yeah, that was something that, again, when I had my son, I started to see just this huge difference. I would think about, you know, when I was in kindergarten and I was living in a motel for a while, and then I was living in a hotel in London, and then I was living in Saudi Arabia, and it was all within about a year. Meanwhile, he was going to a very, you know, sort of normal public school in our in our city and just had a completely different life than I did. And so it started, it just the chasm between these two experiences really started to fascinate me. And I started writing these essays. I would say he was about seven or eight. And I started exploring, you know, the differences that we were having. And how old is he now? He's 13. Oh, I bet he's glad you're not up and moving all the time. I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves his home. He does. Yeah, and it's worked out. So we do travel as much as we can. But but yeah, I think I think being in one place for our family, at least, has really been been the right thing. So do you feel like itching to travel all the time? Like, are you sort of nomadic now in your... I know you discussed your nomadic childhood, but do you feel like a piece of that snuck into you? I think I you said do. You did. I do. <laughs> I, I think it's I, partially. I just think it's like my family history. Like you know, everyone in my family is like this. I do think there's almost a genetic part, possibly, that some people like to keep moving and some people really want to stay in one place. You know, if I hadn't become a parent, I don't know that I would have. 
I would have settled down the way that I have, but you know, we'll never know at this point. (laughs) So yeah. Wow. And tell me about writing the essays. How did you decide how to structure like each one? And then when did you decide that they would be great together as a, as a complete work? Well, I love writing essays. I find the form to be incredibly freeing. And when I start a piece, I usually have some kind of question in mind. And as I'm writing, I'm really trying to find not so much an answer, but maybe more interesting questions. (laughs) Because sometimes I'll come to something with, like, for example, I wrote a piece about my arachnophobia. And I, you know, still am afraid of spiders. And I have kind of a superstition around them. I never kill them. But as I was writing the piece, I started seeing, you know, there were actually some more interesting questions that were buried underneath sort of the surface. And so, yeah, so that was how I really come to each essay trying to look for just more discoveries as much as I can find them. As far as the book itself, I don't know that when I first started writing the essays, I conceived it as a, as a collection. But at a certain point, it was hard not to notice that there was a certain theme <laughs> that kept coming up. <laughs> and so, yeah, so then I, I was able to write a few pieces to kind of pull them together and give the whole thing a shape so that they would cohere, hopefully. Wow. Like, what do you think the characteristics of being able to adapt like that? Like, what makes someone better or worse? Because like you said, it, you feel it's genetic. Like, <laughs> I kind of like things the way they are. I would like to be more, you know, today I'm in Saudi Arabia, tomorrow I'm, you know, in a posh flat and let it act. But to be perfectly honest, I'd rather just stay in a posh flat and let it right. go anywhere. But, but were you always that way? Or is, because I know you have kids. I do think yes. when you have a family, I don't. No, I mean, yeah, I like it, it really travel. does change. Yeah. I like to travel, yeah, yeah. but I'm not like you. I, okay. I, I like to travel recreationally a yeah. few times a, you know, a year, but I'm not like, and I wish I, I had that sort of wanderlust. I know people like you and, you know, I have someone in my life who loves to travel and yeah. always off somewhere, but like you have to have a baseline adaptability, like a baseline, like you can drop me anywhere and I'm going to pick up. It's like my dog, you know, like we just inherited this dog from my mother-in-law and like anywhere we drop her, yeah. she's fine. She just like figures out what's on that block. Uh-huh. I don't know how to get that or how to give that to my kids, but you have it and I want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think there is a lot of nature and nurture. So yeah, it's it's hard to suss that one out, I have to say. But <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, are there places that just intrigue you from afar that you've never been? I feel like, you know, there are cultures that I'm just like, oh, I have to go there. I have to feel what it's like to be there. And I think that more than anything is what drives me, you know, just to to keep exploring and keep things fresh. And yeah, but I honestly, I, it's a nature nurture question. I'm not sure I can, I can figure that one out. <laughs> well, these days at least travel is sort of on hold anyway. So, yeah, you know, I sure. can table this for my, you know, self-improvement next year, <laughs> <laughs> but I love your writing style. You have a Thank really you. beautiful, just a really beautiful writing style. That's different than than others that I've read lately and that really sort of was arresting from even the first page, the way you you see the world and your vocabulary and just, I don't know, the way you piece it all together. It's it's a really nice style. (laughs) Tell me about your writing background. And did you, 
what classes you may have taken or <laughs> when you decided that I know I know you realize that essays are your preferred medium yeah. but when did that all happen and yes take me back such a good question <laughs> yeah so I studied poetry early I got my MFA in poetry from NYU many years ago and then I went into freelance journalism and I really made a living doing that I did some travel writing I did a lot of book reviewing some arts journalism I did you know author interviews that kind of thing And so I think that what happened for me is poetry obviously is so creative. (laughs) And then the journalism, I also really enjoyed though, because I actually enjoyed the fact checking. I liked, you know, really just learning about a subject and almost having kind of a humility when you come to it. You think you know something and then you research and you discover, you know, new elements to it. And so for me, writing essays really kind of smashes these two things together where I can be creative and bring kind of a lyrical voice sometimes to the subject, but then also kind of keep everything tethered in reality (laughs) to to some degree. Yeah. And so that's really my background. I have another book, which is a book of poems, but yeah, but this book, it really does bring together what I love to do in writing, I would say the most. Tell me a little about your publishing journey. Uh, My publishing journey. So for this book, I submitted it to some creative writing contests, like academic presses, that kind of thing. I sort of felt because it was a book of essays that are very literary, I probably should go the, you know, the university press route. So I, yeah, I picked up some of the contests that just looked really interesting to me. And the presses that I know are just, you know, class acts. (laughs) And, And so I really focused on those. And I was so fortunate with this. The contest I ended up winning that ended up, that resulted in my book being published was the first one I submitted to. And I didn't know it, of course, for many months, so I was still submitting to other contests, but, but I was very fortunate. Yeah, so it, it's worked out. It's worked out beautifully. Love that. I had somebody else on the podcast recently who won like a book prize in Connecticut that she had entered. And it just makes me think like people should be entering more contests. Totally. I don't know if people are doing that or what the hurdles are. I don't know about the cost or whatever. I don't know much about them, but it just seems like a good way to at least motivate you to have something finished enough to send out to that as a start. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I know. There's nothing like a deadline. In fact, I I finished... I actually finished the collection the day of the deadline of this contest. Believe it or not, I was sending oh, wow. it that day and it was really my goal. I'm like, I'm going to get it in for this one. And yeah, having the deadline is is key to finishing because I feel like I can pick at these things for years as I sometimes have. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's really helpful for me to have a deadline at some point. So since this sold or since the contest and then it sold and all the rest, yeah, yeah. what have you been working on? Are you someone who has like five different essays going at once or? I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, I actually started a, a new project last year. And the funny thing about it is another nonfiction, creative nonfiction type of thing. And It's funny to me because there are themes that really overlap with what's happening this year, but it's really changed the way I see the whole thing. So I'm not sure quite what to do with it, but, but yeah, I've got, I've got some new stuff in the works. Not that I've been writing recently, but. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was going to say, I'm eager to see the output from this time, you know, see what, how it's affected literature and what comes out. I feel it's such an intense year. And I think one thing with the pandemic and then the election and just, you know, so much to pay attention to with homeschooling with my kid, (laughs) it's just been a lot having everybody at home all the time when I'm not always used to that, have my own writing time. So yeah, I think it's, I'm really impressed by the writers who have been getting work done (laughs) because it's, you know, been a thin time for me, but. Do you have any go-to sort of sanity 
reclaiming measures in your in your day to day life? <laughs> I do a lot of yeah, I do. I do a lot of walking. I have to get out. I do yoga. Kind of the physical stuff is really what helps me the most. I'd say, you know, we've had wildfires here in California, and that's been really just you know a, another <laughs> layer of pressure on the whole the whole system. But right now things have cleared up, so I'm able to get out again and do hikes and socially distance with friends and you know that kind of thing. It's it's really a lifesaver, I'd say, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I feel like, so we inherited this dog recently oh. and I didn't used to walk in Central Park that much. I'm in New York City. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm just not somebody who who like takes a walk with no destination. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not like, I'm going to go for a walk. Okay. It's like, I'm going to go pick up my kid and I'm going to take the long way, maybe. Yeah. And, but now that I have this dog, I'm like constantly out and in the park and it's a totally different perspective yeah. on the city and city life and life in general, like yeah. getting out into nature. I know this is like the most obvious No, thing it's saying, funny it's how like, we forget the obvious things all the time. I, I do at least. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So are you enjoying it or? Yes. Cool. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I'm like so busy that, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, the dog isn't going out in like five hours. But <laughs> yes, I enjoy it. And now, like the other day it was pouring and I was like, oh no, you know, I'll just go in the rain. Like I have to go. Oh good, I yeah. Have, now, I, now I like need it, you know? So cool. that happened very quickly. It's only been like three weeks. But now I'm very used to it. <laughs> That's great. So it all goes to how quickly we develop habits and all the rest. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I see like a zillion books behind you. What kind of books do you like to read? <laughs> These days, mostly nonfiction. I read a lot of travel. I've been doing a lot of you know, armchair travel, just to remind myself that there is a world beyond <laughs> my little town here. Yeah. And actually, this is my fiction collection. These are all novels. I have I have a ton of books. I used to, like I said, I used to review books for a living. And so, and I just collect books. I adore them. So, and I love the objects. I don't read a lot on Kindle, although I do it when I travel, but I, I, I'm very old fashioned. I just love having it in my hand and I'm also like a margin person. I write in the margins all the time. So I'm kind of hard on my books, but, but yeah, I love having them around. Me too. Yeah. I always like to turn the pages and yeah. flip and back and forth. And yeah. Plus I find right. the ones I read online, if I don't have them, I kind of forget them. Me too. Whereas if I'm like, if I'm always sort of reacquainting myself with the spines, they stay in my consciousness. Yeah, it's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Well, for creative writers, I would say, I guess the best advice I wish I had had a long time ago is to write the pieces as if you're never going to show them to anyone. This is also one of, I think, those obvious pieces of advice that I, I feel like I did hear many years ago. But I would say that that's, you know, write for yourself, write, not even because you're afraid to spill the skeletons from the closet, but just because you want to write the piece. You know, there's some subject you're fascinated with, you suspect maybe other people may not may not be, but you know, go for it anyway and see what happens. And I just think having that freedom is is the key to really doing uh, creative work. Very true. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you, Megan. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you. Discuss Mobile Home. Congratulations on winning the contest. Sorry for how many times we rescheduled to get <laughs> here. Okay. And I feel great that we can finally say we did this. Yay. <laughs> thank you for having me. And thanks for the conversation. Excellent. Thanks so much, Debbie. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Sugar Wish. Send a surprise Sugar Wish to somebody you love and check it out yourself, sugarwish.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.